Hello, I want to welcome you to the Salvation Has Been Brought Down podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we're just grateful uh, that you've taken out your time to be a part of this podcast. This podcast is uh, a podcast that is sponsored by the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ evangelism ministry and i'm brother tyrone jones associate minister and uh, so the purpose of this podcast will be to share information with you uh, about the bible different things we'll be talking about different topics but more so these topics will be focused in on the gospel of jesus christ and how an individual can come into the body of Christ, the church of Christ. And so we're delighted to have this opportunity. And uh, one of the things that we prefer, uh, you're watching this today, if you would grab paper and pencil and a Bible, that would be very good. And the reason I say that is because you'll be able to go back and reference information that we're talking about. And that way you're able to investigate what the scriptures have to say. And that's very important to investigate, not because you heard me say it, but because you were able to read it for yourself. And that's very important when we look into the Bible, when we look into what God has to say through the Word and through the Scriptures. And we don't want to take that uh, for granted because many people are losing their lives today because they don't have a good understanding of the Bible. And so this podcast, our focus is to deliver information that will... um, help an individual to grow, and even cause an individual to want to ask questions. It's always good to ask questions. And uh, so at the end of this podcast, we give you an opportunity to respond uh, to the lesson. And so, um, again, thank you so much for tuning in to The Salvation Has Been Brought Down, uh, Evangelism podcast. Again, I'm Brother Tyrone Jones. So the first thing we want to talk about is, are you searching for the truth and fall into one of the categories listed? So if you take a look at uh, the list, the first one is, do you know God but have heard to a certain degree about God? And that's simply saying that you probably don't have a relationship with God, but you have heard about God. Number two, you recognize that something is wrong with how you've been worshiping God. And believe it or not, there are many people who recognize that they go to worship, but they have found out that there's something wrong with the worship. And that's a good one. I like that. And then the next Slide, uh, do you know of God and someone who shared the gospel with you? 
you know of God and someone shared the gospel with you. So you know something about God and someone has attempted to share the gospel with you. Now keep in mind, these are categories uh, that you might fall in. And then the next one, you, you want to be baptized and know that it's necessary. If you notice, that particular uh, line is underscored, and that's for a reason. You want to be baptized and you know it's necessary. So that means that you have had some form of teaching and you have recognized that uh, I need to be baptized, and that's important. The next one is you are hurting from various trials and tribulations in your life. So in other words, you're going through some things in your life that have really taken a toll on you. And it is through these trials and tribulations that you have learned or that you feel that there's something more that you need to do in order to get out of a rut. And then the next one, church hopping. You know, there are many people who do what we call church hopping. And what that simply means is that one week you go to a, a church, the next week you go to a different church, the following week you go to a, another church. So you're hopping from church to church. And, uh, and so you might be trying to find the truth. And so that's part of what this purpose is, to, to narrow this thing down to where you won't have to be a victim also of church hopping. And then you have what they call the atheists. Those are individuals who don't believe in God. And so, but it doesn't mean that an atheist can't come to the understanding of believing that there is a God. So that there might be an atheist out there who's searching for the truth. And then the next one is the inquiring mind. I like this one. This is individuals who have been doing some studying on his or her own. I like that very much because there are people who will open their Bibles and they study because they want to learn more about the Word of God. And one thing about the Word of God is when you study, you learn. And that's very important. Now, what I want to do right now, I want you to please share with me some basic information about you. Some basic information about you. So we're beginning a relationship. I don't know you, you don't know me. So if I ask you some questions, what is your religious background? What would you say? If I ask you, are you married or single? What would you say? Do you have children? What would you say? How often do you read your Bible? Have you ever made a commitment to God? If so, how old were you? And this is the beginning of a relationship, and that's just something for you to think about. So now we're going to look at what I call some pre-assessment questions. These are some of the objectives that you will learn in this uh, podcast today. So, how many disciples did Jesus have? Can you tell me? Or you can write it down. How many disciples did Jesus have? How did Jesus die? Why did he die? 
how many days did Jesus remain on the earth after he died? And then do you know the Lord's Prayer? Now, let's go back and take a look at these. And I'm going to give some simple answers, but you will later on see a little bit more in detail about these answers. So the answer to how many disciples did Jesus have, he had 12 disciples. So make note of that. How did Jesus die? Jesus died on the cross at Calvary. That's how he died, on the cross. Why did he die? He died for the sins of the world, that the world might have a chance to eternal life. That's why he died. Now, how many days did Jesus remain on the earth after he died? The answer to that is 40. Now, I'm giving you the answer, but you're going to see it later on in the scripture. And then, do you know the Lord's Prayer? Now, if you notice, I have that in red, and I have it in red for a reason. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer that is utilized throughout the universe. And it's called, or many people entitle it as the Lord's Prayer. And the reason they entitled it as the Lord's Prayer is because the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So they came up with this title, the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to look at this more in depth. That's why it's in red, because it's very important from this point that you pay very close attention to what we're getting ready to talk about in the Lord's Prayer. Watch it. Now, pre-assessment questions. These are other objectives that you need to know. I know you, you say, well, what about the Lord's Prayer? It's coming. Just a moment. What is the book of Acts? Can you tell me what is the book of Acts? You know, when I was growing up as a child, I remember looking at it. I remember looking at that book. I thought that was the weirdest title of a book. Acts, the book of Acts, and I couldn't figure it out. Never did figure it out until later on in life. But what is the book of Acts? What are the Gospels? What is the Gospel? So, what is the book of Acts? The book of Acts is the actions of the apostles. And we're going to look at that a little bit more. It is the actions of the apostles. Those 12 men that we talked about, Jesus recruited 12 men uh, to be a part of his team that will later go into the world and preach the gospel. So the book of Acts is the actions of the apostles who those 12 men were. What are the gospels? There are four gospels, and we don't want to take this word lightly. There are four gospels. And the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are four, the first uh, four books. And they were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In other words, they are the accounts of those individuals who wrote the book. God used his spirit to speak through those individuals 
and they wrote those books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. Now, what is the Gospel? See the difference? Now you see the Gospels, that's plural, and now you have the Gospel. The Gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you hear about the Gospel, you have to know that there's a difference. You don't want to be sitting up thinking about, well, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the accounts of men who were inspired God breathed through the Spirit to write uh, those books. But the gospel is talking about how Jesus died, how he was buried, and how he was resurrected. And so I want to make sure that I spoke about that just a little bit. All right, so the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news Again, the good news, nothing like good news. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Verse 15, moreover, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse 3, For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for sins according to the Scriptures. And that's what we said. He died for the sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, uh, an acceptable according to the scriptures. So 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 and 4, please write that down. So you can always reference what is this gospel. That's the gospel. It's how Jesus died, how he was buried, and how he was resurrected. All right, now let's go back to the Lord's Prayer. That universal prayer that we hear about all the time. Let's take a look at this prayer. So I did mention that Jesus, uh, the disciples asked Jesus a question about, Lord, teach us to pray. And so the Lord does. He, he teaches them how to pray. And there are some things that we want to look at in this prayer because it is a prayer that many churches utilize Every week. Verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now notice. Hallowed be thy name. So holy be thy name, which addresses who God is. So God wants to be addressed. Holy be his name, which addresses who God is. Verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. So God is teaching them to pray for a kingdom to come. So that lets us know that in this verse, uh, this is the kingdom in the future. So that should let us know something right now that when he says, I want you to pray for this kingdom to come, 
He's talking about in the future, not right now, in the future. But what I like most about that, he says that thy will be done in earth. So in other words, when this kingdom that he's talking about that will come in the future, it's going to be done on earth and as all as it is in heaven. So there are two things. There's two reasons to look at this real closely because he's not just talking about uh, in heaven. He's talking about the kingdom on the earth as well. So that's very important because that's futuristic. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. He's talking about the physical needs known as the necessities of life. And we all need necessities of life. Uh, verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God will forgive us of our sins, but we must Forgive those who sin against us. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's the Lord's prayer. But what I want you to gather right here, please listen very carefully. At this particular point, he's talking about the kingdom. This is something that has not occurred yet. So he's teaching them to pray for this kingdom to come. And it's very important that you recognize that um, the kingdom, which is the church, has not yet been established. All right. So we're going to take a look at the first con confession that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. Now, what we're doing is we are connecting dots. And so you remember uh, uh, the game of connecting dots and you start at one dot and then you connect and you go around and around and then you get to a certain picture. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to paint a picture and we're going to connect these dots. So we've already established that in that Lord's Prayer that he has asked them to pray for a kingdom to come. That lets us know that this kingdom has not come yet. Watch this. In Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20, listen to what the scripture says. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, whom do men say I the son of man am? So now he's asking these disciples, who do men say that I am? Now notice in verse 14, and they said, plural, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others, Jeremiah's one of the prophets. Now this question in verse number 15 is so critical. It is so important. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now, he's got a good idea of what the masses are saying out there within the community. But he asked them the question, whom say ye that I am? So he's trying to find out if they know. Watch verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, who said that? Simon said that. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I have that in black writing and in bold. So I want you to, to highlight that because that's very important. 
So in verse 16, a confession is being made because Jesus asked them in verse 15, who do, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That is a confession. Now watch what he does in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So what he's saying is, Simon, no man or woman told you that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is my Father who is in heaven. Watch verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. So he's talking to Peter because Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I say unto thee, verse 18, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, Peter is the rock, and what am I going to do? I will build my church. So he's talking about Peter. Peter, I'm going to build a church. How am I going to build this church? I'm going to build it upon the confession that you made in verse number 16, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's how I'm going to build my church. So in other words, what he's saying, that, conf that confession that he made, that's how this church is going to be built. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now watch verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whosoever uh, thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, then he charged his disciples that they should tell no one or no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And the reason for that is because he didn't want to jeopardize his authority. So that's why that's there. So now we have learned through Matthew 16, verse 13 through 20, that uh, Jesus is going to build a church. How is he going to build his church? He's going to build it upon a rock. He's going to build it upon the statement that was made that by Peter that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So what I want you to do now is make the connection, make a connection, draw a dot and connect it because that confession is very important as we look into the future. So Matthew 16, 18, connect the kingdom to the day of Pentecost. So in this scriptural text, Jesus asks the disciples, whom do men say that the Son of Man is? Peter responds, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you can only imagine, I believe that Jesus had to be very, very happy about that. The fact, this is the first confession that was made that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, but also... Because it's the first confession that Jesus made, this confession will be the confession that all mankind will have to make to become a part of the kingdom that he's talking about. All right, so the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You remember back early, we talked about the 40th day. So we're connecting dots. That's why I wanted you to make some notes. So. This teaches the purpose of why Jesus' resurrection was so critical. Now, look at Acts chapter 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Now, notice what it says. 
to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them how many days? Forty days, and speaking to uh, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So when Christ resurrected, he remained 40 days on the earth that he might be seen and that he might speak of the things that are pertaining to the kingdom of God. So now we see within that particular scripture, the things that are pertaining to the kingdom of God that lets us know that something is coming in the future. Something is coming in the future. So we're looking to the future just as we look into the future when we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Just when we looked into the future and we talked about the confession, the confession that Peter made that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that confession is very important because it's pointing towards the future. So 40 days, that's how many days, there's your proof that he remained on earth. So now watch what happens on this 40th day. This is, I love this part right here. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven to return to his father. This is a fact. The Pentecost is approaching. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. Thousands and thousands of Jews are coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, which is a, celebrates, a celebrated uh, festival by the Jewish nation. Now, notice what I said. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Jews are gathering in Jerusalem for a reason. Connect that. Watch it. Verse, uh, next fact. Jesus remained how many days on earth? Forty. He was resurrected ten days um, later. So you have 40 days and then 10 days later. So he ascended on the 40th day and then 10 days later, the Pentecost takes place. This celebration that we're talking about, this is the celebration of the Passover. This is where, again, all the Jewish nations come together. And what's interesting is about this is that this will be the first Passover after the death of Jesus Christ. Now watch in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Jesus commands them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So he told them that I want you to stay in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. And so now you see how, why all these Jewish nations are gathering together because this is the Pentecost and I want you to be there. This is very important. But wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And this note, while they are all confused and have doubt, they have seen and witnessed Jesus' resurrection. So this, this lets us know that even through all of this teaching, the disciples are still somewhat confused. And that's okay, because something is getting ready to happen, something is getting ready to take place, and it's very important. So, a melting pot of Jews... 
So there's a plan to save these lost souls, Jews and, of course, later Gentiles as well. So the day of Pentecost is occurring, which is the 50th day. The Jews of all nations are what? Together. They're there as they plan uh, with the Pentecost. Now watch this. The disciples are present where Jesus asked them to be in Jerusalem. So we're still talking about something that's taking place in the future. And if you notice, I've been talking about the future from the very beginning of this lesson. So that lets you know the future is very important. Now, Acts, uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. Now, I'm not going to read all of this, but I do want to share some of it. Because you need to see this, or you need to hear this. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So the disciples did exactly what Jesus asked them to do. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and it set, off, set upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So I've, I said that all these Jewish nations gathered together, and I want you to see that. Now I'm going to drop down to Acts 22. And it reads, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So now this is the day of the Pentecost that took place. The apostle Peter is speaking the first gospel sermon right here. Peter is speaking the first gospel sermon. And remember when Christ said back in Matthew 16, verses 18, he said, Upon this rock, I am going to build my church. So Peter, upon his, this rock, which is thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, I'm going to build my church. So now we swear into the future. We're into the day of Pentecost. We're into the day that the church of Christ begins. And I want you to see that very clearly. Uh, verse 23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel of foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and wicked hands have crucified him. So he's letting these Jews know that you have crucified the Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and said, um, in verse 24, whom God had raised up, had loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held down. Verse 25, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in peace. 
So because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the, the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with countenance. Now watch in verse 29 if you follow me. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you. So Peter is speaking to all these Jewish nations. He says, let me speak freely to you about the patriarch David, that he both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loin, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, I'm going to drop down to verse 34, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, that God had made the same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. So he's letting them know this same Jesus that who you crucified, God has made him Lord and Christ. You killed him. Now he is Lord in Christ. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, so we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of Jews. They heard this gospel sermon being preached by Peter. So when they heard this, they were pricked. They were moved in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So now they are asking a question. We've heard this sermon, Peter. Uh, we're cut to the heart. Uh, what do we need to do? This is a very big question. And watch what Peter says in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we see the pattern here. This is the day of Pentecost. Uh, this is the day that the church began on the day of Pentecost. And the, Peter preaches the first gospel sermon. After this sermon concludes, they ask the question. These are Jews asking the question, what shall we do? Peter responds and says what? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. There is the confession. I want you to connect. Remember the confession that Peter made back in Matthew 16? He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the same confession that every person, not some, every person that comes into Christ has to make this confession that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So now we see why that confession was so important when Peter made it back in uh, Matthew 16, 18. Now watch what he says in verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many of the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So he's telling themselves, you have to save yourself from this untoward generation. Watch what happens in verse 41. Then they that gladly... That helps us to see. Then those that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So that lets us know this is the day of Pentecost. The church began on the day of Pentecost. Peter preaches the first gospel sermon. 
Those thousands and thousands of Jews that were gathered there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost heard this message. But guess what? Only 3,000 received it, and those 3,000 were baptized. Now watch what happens. Verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day added. So when we talk about coming into the church of Christ, into the church, you have to be added to it. You can't join it. You have to be added to the church. In verse 42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now notice what it just said. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And that takes me back to when we, at the beginning, we were talking about the disciples, those 12 men. Now we have 12 men that are gathered here. They are the apostles that Jesus Christ taught. And so he's letting them know that they continued steadfastly in the apostles, not any other, not any other body's doctrine, but the apostles' doctrine. And fear came upon every soul, and then many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men as every man had need. And then finally, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So this helps us to see, now you're probably saying, well, he just covered a lot of scripture. Well, I needed to cover that scripture because you see the connection going all the way back to we, uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. He asked those disciples to pray for the kingdom to come. We connected that to the confession that Peter makes in Matthew 16, 18, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, it is that confession that also connects to the day of Pentecost, which is the same confession that these 3,000 souls just confess to be added to the Lord's church. And so that is the process of how um, the importance of that prayer that he taught back in Matthew 6, uh, Peter's confession in Matthew 16, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So if you haven't already, you can write those scriptures down and make note. Now, let's take a further look at this. So this is an outline of what took place. Now that we've gotten through all that information, here's an outline. Take a snapshot of it. So the first step that took place, and this is called a plan of salvation. Those individuals, they heard the word, and you can look up Romans 10, 17, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Step two, once they heard it, they had to believe it, and they believed it. Now, even though thousands and thousands were there, everybody didn't receive it. 3,000 of it heard it, and they believed it. And then the next step, what did they do? They repented. Acts 2 and 38, we read that. They repented, but they also made a confession. Step number four, you must go back to Matthew, see there, Matthew 16 through 19, and I pointed that out once again about that first confession. That's so important. 
So they made the confession. And then uh, the final step, what did they do? They were baptized, Acts 2 and 38. About 3,000 souls were added to the church. Now notice going all the way back to the Gospel of Matthew, we're now into the book of Acts. What did I say about the book of Acts? It is the actions of who? The apostles. So now we're into the doctrine of the apostles. We're no longer speaking from the book of Matthew, but we're speaking from the book of Acts because it is the actions of those 12 men that were with Jesus and he taught them and trained them uh, to be the apostles that took place on the day of Pentecost. So final question to you today. Are you ready to follow this plan which you've heard and read? You've heard this word today. Do you believe what you heard today? Are you ready to make that great confession that Peter made to Jesus? Are you ready to make the great confession that those 3,000 souls made to be saved on the day of Pentecost? Are you ready to make the great, great confession and be baptized as the Ethiopian eunuch, and we're going to talk about him in another session. But are you ready to make that decision? This is the outline of the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. This is what took place. This is the plan of action that anybody that comes into Christ has to go through this plan. You can't ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your mind, and save you. No, you can't do that, but you can hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, this is what we took a look at today. This is the concepts that we learned today. We learned about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We learned that the kingdom has already come, so... And I'm glad I mentioned that because when he asks uh, them to pray for the kingdom to come, the kingdom had not come yet. Which brings me to the point, if you are still waiting for the kingdom to come, no ma'am, no sir, the kingdom has already come. You're waiting on something that has already come because we talked about the future. The future was in that prayer. Pray Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he asked him to pray. So the kingdom has come. So if you're praying for a kingdom to come, you're praying for something that has already come and exists as we speak. So we talked about the gospel and the gospels. We talked about the Pentecost. We talked about how important baptism is. We talked about the day that the church began. We talked about the one church. We talked about the plan of salvation. We talked about what is the book of Acts. We talked about the apostles. We talked about who made the great, the first confession. We talked about who preached the first confession. We also mentioned that you cannot join the Lord's church. You must be what? At it. So there is a systematic process that you have to go through uh, to be in the Lord's kingdom, which is his church. And so 
want to thank you so much for tuning in today to this session. Hope that it was uh, beneficial to you. I enjoy sharing it. And um, so if you really like this uh, session, we want you to uh, give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe to uh, this podcast. And that way you will be able to see future podcasts that will take place in the future. And we're just grateful to have the opportunity to share this information with you. And I uh, hope you were able to uh, write down some notes. So it's, it's very important that you write down some notes because we're dealing with different types of learners. Those of you who like to learn by listening, I hope that was helpful. If you like to learn by visuals, that's why we have the visuals. Hands-on, if you like hands-on, get your pencil, paper, get to work, write that information down. Make sure you study it for yourself because when you study it for yourself, you know from the reading of the scripture yourself. And uh, so, again, thank you so much. I'm Tyrone Jones, uh, Associate Minister of the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ, and we look forward to seeing you again in the future. God bless. The Lord, salvation has come.